So what has been occupying your minds of late? What did we bring into the church this morning in terms of our own hearts? What are we carrying in our hearts? These last few weeks, we have all heard very troubling news, some very heartbreaking tragedies in our own country. Let's just take a moment to just bring whatever weighs upon us, whatever concerns us, let us bring it to Jesus. Feel free if you want just to close your eyes with me and even if you'd like to put your hand over your heart. Jesus, we take everything in our heart and we put it into your heart. Jesus, we take everything in our hearts and we put it into your heart. Jesus, through the power of your Spirit, bring healing, bring consolation, bring mercy, bring peace to our troubled hearts and our troubled world. Amen. Amen. What does the Lord want us to know about the ascension? This mystery of the moment when Jesus ascended body and soul into heaven with the humanity that he shares with us. And in the readings that we just heard, perhaps you notice the same thing. There are two things that are highlighted, two reasons to help us understand why did Jesus ascend? And the first is so that Jesus could send the Holy Spirit. As I said in the beginning of Mass, we must not understand the ascension as Jesus leaving us. Goodbye, Jesus. (laughs) And he's now in heaven and absent from us. That is not the case. Jesus said, it is necessary for you that I go, otherwise I cannot send the Advocate, the Holy Spirit. And by sending the Holy Spirit to the apostles, to us, Jesus is now even more present than he could could be by just his bodily presence. He is present to us by the gift of his spirit, more abiding, more intimate. And the scriptures say 
that the gift of the Spirit is going to give to us what? The power to bear witness. Witness to what? Of the death and resurrection of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. The great commission of the church is to preach repentance for the forgiveness of sins in the name of Christ. And why is this at the core of the good news? In fact, why is this good news? It's because you and I know that we are sinners, that we have sinful tendencies where we do not always follow the way of the commandments. We don't always choose the way of the gospel, the way of sacrificial love. And we know that our sin can contribute to the misery and pain and unhappiness, not only of our life, but of the world. There is so much pain, unhappiness, and suffering, and division that is caused by unrepented, unredeemed sin. And therefore, the good news is that Jesus suffered and died that our sins can be forgiven and that we can be redeemed. And this leads to the second reason for the ascension. It says in the letter to the Hebrews, Jesus ascended to appear before God on our behalf. Jesus is before the Father in the body that he now shares with us that he laid down on the cross. Those wounds that shed the blood that is the mercy that cleanses us from sin. And this is how Jesus is an advocate before the Father for us. The Father can only see us as redeemed through his Son. We can only be redeemed through the blood of Jesus. And here's where we understand that vision of John of the heavenly Jerusalem and that great throng of the blessed in heaven that are wearing white robes. And we want to be part of that throng. How were their robes made white? It says, through the blood of the Lamb. And the letter to the Hebrews says, this blood, not the blood of animals, but Jesus' own blood that was shed for our forgiveness should be the source of our confidence and our absolute trust to appear before God, 
to be here in this act of worship. So the question is, are we dealing with the sin in our life honestly and sincerely? When there is this great gift of Jesus, this gift of his precious blood that can take away my sin, are we taking our sin to Jesus? And do we have absolute trust and confidence in his blood that can truly wash away our sin? And here's where we should encourage one another in a way of repentance and going to the blood of Jesus. My ministry as a priest is a ministry essentially in the blood of Jesus. At every Mass, it's such a moving moment when I elevate the chalice of the precious blood and I think of all the sins that that blood has washed away, including my own personal sins, and the power of that blood to continue to wash away the sin of the world. When I see families coming to confession at different times during the week, in that powerful prayer of absolution, the blood of Jesus is applied to the soul to cleanse it completely from sin. None of us need ever despair of the mercy of God. Never doubt the forgiveness of God. Let us continue to have absolute confidence and trust in the blood of Jesus that we might be part of that great throng whose robes have been made white in the blood of the Lamb. Amen. We are indebted to the evangelist St. Luke for providing us most of the details of Jesus' ascension into heaven 40 days after the resurrection. Jesus was teaching his disciples on the Mount of Olives near Jerusalem when, as Luke says, he was suddenly taken up from up out of their sight on a cloud. And there can be no doubt where he went, even though two angels suddenly appeared to explain it to the disciples. Jesus has left the bounds of this world, and he has passed into the heavens. He promises to come again, but until that time, he will send the Holy Spirit to comfort us. So what does this mean? Well, first of all, Jesus has declared to us that our place in heaven is assured. If we are united to Jesus Christ, our place in heaven is assured. This is an event of profound consequences for the human race. When Jesus Christ was taken up and seated at the right hand of the Father, for the first time, human nature 
was brought into the inner, inner precincts of heaven. The ascension not only remarks, remarks the return of the Son of God to his eternal home, but it marks up the lifting of humanity. According to Pope Leo the Great, with all due solemnity, we are commemorating that day on which our poor human nature was carried up in Christ above all the hosts of heaven, above all the ranks of angels, beyond the highest heavenly powers to the very throne of God the Father. And only Christ could make this happen. No man hath ascended to heaven, but he who hath come down from heaven, John 13. So our Lord went back up to heaven with more than he had come down with, because at the incarnation, the Son of God came down and became man and took on our human nature. Thus Jesus, who is the firstborn of the new creation, leads us into glory. That which was created for this world is now exalted even beyond the angels to become an intimate part of God's life. This is where our ultimate destiny will be. As Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. So that's the first key. This is the assurance of our place in heaven with our Lord. Secondly, there is joy at the ascension. <clears throat> I love the way that Pope Benedict once commented on the ending of Luke's gospel. After Jesus was parted from them, and after he was taken up into heaven, Luke says that the re disciples returned to Jerusalem with great joy. Why? Doesn't every parting cause some sadness? But here the disciples do not feel abandoned. They don't feel left behind. And thus the ascension is not about Jesus departing to a distant place at the end of the universe, but to a continuing closeness the disciples experience so strongly that it becomes a source of lasting joy. Our Pope Emeritus said, the cloud symbolizes Jesus' departure, not on a journey beyond the stars, but as his entry into the mystery of God, into full communion with the living God. And it means for the disciples that Jesus will become continually present for them. He will be more real and closer to them than he ever was before. That's why the disciples experience that joy. And the third point, Christ Jesus is really present with us now. The ascension marks the, what we call in theology, the session, the accession, if you will, of Christ's human nature to the right hand of the Father. And this is what the disciples have been waiting for. This is the fulfillment of all their hopes. In Christ, 
In Christ, we share his incarnate nature by water and blood, by baptism and the Eucharist. As in faith, we go through him to him. When Jesus extended his hands in blessing the disciples as he ascended, this was not a gesture of farewell, but it was his promise to be present always. So what is the key to experiencing the presence of Jesus Christ? Think back to what Jesus said to Mary Magdalene on that first Easter. Do not hold me because I have not yet ascended to the Father. And when you think about that, Jesus is telling Mary Magdalene, I must ascend to the Father so that I may be more present with you and you with me and you with my heavenly Father. By faith, we attach ourselves to Jesus Christ in his human nature, in his humanity. And because he is one person of God and man, he brings that humanity with him into the presence of God where fullness is. So Christ is really present with us. He has not jetted off to the other end of the universe. He's really present with us in a way that's deeper, more profound, even than when he was walking in the Holy Land during his earthly ministry. It's in interesting that Christians have never been sure precisely where on the Mount of Olives Jesus' ascension happened. Early Christian pilgrims used to commemorate uh, a site at a church built by St. Helena back in the fourth century. It was called the Eleona. But after a while, that was forgotten, and it was known, then became known as the Pater Noster Church, the place where Jesus taught the Our Father to the disciples. And by the end of the fourth century, the pilgrims were going further up the Mount of Olives. And they built a church there, but after the Crusades, it was replaced by a mosque. And it has not been a pilgrimage site for a thousand years. Now think about that. That is very significant. The place where Jesus ascended into heaven is no longer commemorated in its precise place by Christian pilgrims. The point is that the place of the ascension is not a launch pad. It is not a spaceport. The point is that the ascension is about Christ's deeper presence with his people. It's not about his departure from them. Men of Galilee, remember the angels asked them, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven on a cloud at the second coming, yes, but with hands outstretched, blessing his people with his presence. He will return 
in bodily form, but in truth, dear friends, Jesus Christ is already present with us. He is here. He is present with us in a way that transcends anything that we could ever experience. In baptism, in the Eucharist, we have been attached to Jesus Christ in his human nature. And now that he has brought that human nature into heaven, and he is God, omnipotent, he is present with us. He is always present with us. And that is why for Christian people, the Eucharist is above all the sacrament of joy. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.